Sleep on a bed. That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. You not pee in the pool. You 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 you, you not pee in Tim Duncan. All of myself is clean. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hardmark Podcast, a show where I, Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, introduce one match per episode to my co-host who has never watched wrestling. We talk about the backstory, we watch that match, and then we rank that match on our ever-growing list. The purpose of this show is twofold. First, to see what happens when someone who's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches, and secondly, as a window into the mind of my co-host, he is the man of a thousand compliments, the soul skater, the mater d' of Matt Drama, the Tampa Bay topsider, the living painting, the talent, the brainless baseball blockhead, flying Ryan Murphy. How's it going, Ryan? <laughs> nice, nice touch. Uh, that is a reference, of course, to the previous episode uh, where we determined that professional wrestling fans are indeed, in fact, the smartest fans in the world, and baseball fans are only smarter than NASCAR fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. I like how you've just accepted this. Yeah. You're not even rebutting it. You're not, no arguments. You're just, you're just laying back and taking it. I mean, I think I asked for some sources last time, but you, you gave me your source. So yeah, it was a, it was a, like some, yeah, a very sure. reputable betting site. Right, exactly. <laughs> who, who, if yeah. you can't trust a betting site, who can you trust, Ryan? Yeah, no, true. I, I can't argue with that. Fucking can't trust anybody. That's, no. that's who, that's who I'm, that's what I'm saying. Um, and, and with that said, actually, I want to kind of go in a, in a little bit of a different direction than maybe how we ordinarily go. Um, I want to pay a compliment to my co-host, Ryan. Murphy. Thank you. And also provide a little state of the hard mark address. I know that we've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, Ryan's uh, employment situation, how he, he, he may or may not be staying in the, in the greater Seattle region, which is still actually up in the air. We don't even really know that at this particular point in time. But I just wanted to kind of set the record straight. We have talked about this, and, and I think it's time that we, you know, mention it on the air as well. Uh, we have discussed it, and we are planning to continue with the podcast, Ryan and myself, uh, even if he does end up moving, you know, to... Uh, Nepal or Tibet or wherever he ends up going, uh, we will continue to do it a, a virtual thing, uh, even even if Ryan is no longer here in the greater Seattle region. Maybe give me some like new perspective on you know right where I go. You know, so much right. different styles of wrestling. Exactly. Uh, you know, exactly. on the East Coast, in the Midwest, in the South. So really, wherever you go, I think you'll be exposed to you know a whole lot of new science. Right. Bring a lot to the podcast from there. Uh, but, uh, the reason I, I'm mentioning these things is because, and, and this is where the compliment, uh, comes into you, Ryan, you know, when I've given thought to the possibility of like hard mark existing, uh, without Ryan, just as, as a me and I don't know, whoever else sort of project, I think that Ryan brings such a unique element to the show that I don't know that I could replicate with like anyone else. And so the things that frustrate me the most about Ryan are also the things that are completely unique to him. Um, and I think really, really makes the dynamic of the show what what I think uh, is appealing to people in that, you know, it, it's someone that you can take, you can sit down in front of a, a wrestling match, and then it's it's almost as if he's seeing wrestling for the first time every time. <laughs> 
<laughs> for better or for worse. That's a great compliment. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know that the chemistry would be there with anybody else. Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe the virtual thing eventually gets to be too too much. Or, you know, who knows where, where lives go uh, moving forward. But I, I'm enjoying this process of, of kind of setting up these things and going through them. And, you know, Ryan's been a good sport about it. And I, I think that Ryan brings such a unique and just funny element that I don't know that I could replicate anywhere else. So uh, at this point in time, no plans for anything to be changing about that secret formula behind the hard mark recipe. Right, right. Do you have anything to say around this topic? <laughs> no, I'm just like I said, I've been just looking forward to bringing that new, that new perspective, that big dick know. energy. That, <laughs> <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what I was going for. Okay, yeah, good, thanks. good, good. Do you have any compliments for me? I I hadn't prepared any tonight, but <laughs> there's nothing that just springs to mind as like a, like a cool compliment that you could say. Uh, I am working on it and. On the back end. Okay. So, you know, once I have that laid out and I appreciate and fully I appreciate you know, that. Polished, I'll I'll present it. One thing actually that we've discussed off air. Actually, no, we have dis- we have talked about it on air, and that's the whole reason why I'm bringing this up right now. So um you recently went to go visit your parents who live not in Seattle. And one of the homework assignments that I gave you during that trip was you you apparently wrote a poem when you were younger, <laughs> and you referenced you didn't tell us what this poem was, but you yeah. you made reference to like a wave. Yeah, is this true? Yeah, the poem was about a wave. So the any time that we get introspective, Ryan, it's always very surprising to me because like I see you not that way. But like clearly, like you you have an introspective side, like you know you, you, there that does exist for uh-huh. you. So, I mean, do you feel comfortable? You did take a picture of this poem, right? I think you told me that you did. I, the poem itself is a picture as well. Just Okay. It's illustrated by by me. Will you sure. read the poem to the Markomaniacs right now? I can read the poem. Okay. I can read the poem. I, 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 I took a picture of it. Okay. I took a picture of the picture. All right. Do you need me to do anything? Like, I can add some effects. You know, what, 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 any music, any background music, any anything you need on my end to help facilitate with this or kind of set the mood. I, you can cut that in post. <laughs> I think you can. What, think mu- it, music? Well, what do you want is what I'm saying. You want you want me to read it with music in the background right now? Well, no, but like I can add it, but what would you, oh, what would you want? I, I or I can give you an echo. Like a cool, like scholarly echo, like you're in a handle this, like you're in a classroom environment. Um, let me find it. Okay. Let's see. Really expecting some like uh, Robert Frost. I mean, I read it before. (laughs) Took a picture of it. It's been a while. Still framed at my parents' house. I I mean this uh, I'm not <laughs> I'm not committing but like depending on my reaction and kind of how the Markomaniacs feel like this could be the next set of merch. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I I kind of almost expected you to have it somehow and like have it on a cup. <laughs> um, oh, Greta will eventually be my my inside man on all these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um Um How okay, real, real quick, real quick yeah, before you read it. Sure. How old were you when you wrote this? Um, ten. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fifth grade. Okay, so I think that yeah. I think that that's good to sort of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> establish like you weren't in your twenties. Sophomore year, college. <laughs> right. Was this was this for school or you just like did it? No, this was for school. We had to. Okay, this I don't was remember school. what we had. I mean, 
That is probably fifth grade project, you know. Like um, in, in my brain, I'm imagining you after you got hit by the car in a full body cast writing a poem, but I don't think that's what actually. That was happened. when I was in third grade, Eric. Okay, all, all right. right. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't broken any bones since. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. You ready? You mm-hmm. ready? Okay. Yeah, please. A wave is like a twister, <laughs> twisting, turning, spinning. Then it dies down, never knowing it was a wave, but you will always remember. Pretty Fucking deep cuts, pretty, right? Pretty fucking good. Do you, um, this feels like inside the actor's studio. Uh, what does it mean? The first part, I think it got a little away from me there <laughs> with the comparison to like a twister. <laughs> right. But they're so I similar. Think it, I think it got wrapped up nicely at the end. I think it, yeah. but I thought. I, the first part, you know, it was, sure. I don't know where that like metaphor, I was just comparing one thing to another thing. Can I see the picture? Cause I, I'm curious yeah. to see, <laughs> oh, this is a, oh, you actually, okay. That's a wave. <laughs> oh, see, I was, all right. When you were describing this to me, I had assumed that, um, it was going to be like, they took the actual poem that you wrote and like got art commissioned around it. So I was imagining like, you know, I, that old Japanese like wave thing that like every girl in her 20s had. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. I expected something like that, but with like your text and like calligraphy font at the top. I, I didn't expect that, that it was going to be art that you made alongside uh, text that you've written. And birds. With birds. Yeah. I'm noticing the little <laughs> M, the M birds that children draw. Yeah. Wave is like a twister. Twisting and turning, spinning until it dies down. Okay. Uh, pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff, Ryan. Yeah. Very yeah. deep. Anything else that, uh, you know, people may have missed about the, you know, backstory of that poem, you know, some of the meaning? Well, I mean, you know, and just never know it's a wave and you'll always remember it. You know? <laughs> you'll, you'll always remember that wave. <laughs> I remember every single wave I've ever seen. There you go. Have you surfed? I have, but like lesson-wise... Like, okay. I have an app. <laughs> I I do like. I love the beach. You know, I like I like you know waves. Is and that gen- true? You don't strike me as a beach guy. You, you, I think you do. Get- I really not, or are you just fucking saying that? Like, see, I, I think like at a first glance, people would be like, "Yeah, Ryan Murphy, he seems like a beach guy." But like, I just see you getting irritated by sand. No, beach guy. Okay, be- yeah, big beach guy. Beach guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess there is that love of boating that runs runs deep in your soul. I had it for a while and, you know. Oh, I'm aware of how that played out. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. the heavy hooker. R.I.P. But uh, yeah, so that was, that was it. That was, so, my, that was the poem. So that's the poem. That's Ryan's poem, everybody. If, if, you're, yeah. if you're interested in commissioning some art, uh, if you'd be interested in a hard mark sticker uh, featuring Ryan's poem, just shoot me a message. I can make that happen very easily. Uh, last thing I want to mention before we get into some rassle talk here today. How spicy do you want to get with this last thing that I'm in this next conversation topic on a level of one to 10, 10 is maximum spice. I one is, one is very, is I like would milk. never choose 10. Okay. When, with you, Eric. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I feel like it would just be a 10, but I would never, sure. you know, voluntarily. Okay. I'm not going to leave it up to you then. Uh, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just ask you. Okay. So this was actually a hypothetical that my wife and my little sister and myself all had a very spirited debate about in Leavenworth like a year and a half, two years ago. So I will pitch this to you and just I want to get your thoughts. So 
<laughs> are you familiar with what a micro penis is? Is it under some sort of threshold of like size? I, I like? believe so. Yeah. Okay. So like little people, <laughs> and I'm not saying that little all little people have micro penises. That's not where I'm going with this. But like a little person is specifically defined as defined as being under a certain height. I, okay. I, I think it was like four foot. 10 or four foot eight. I, I don't know the specifics off the top of my head, yeah. but like uh, a micro penis is also kind of defined by that same thing. Um, what is it? Well, I mean, I do, I can look it up. You guys had this conversation and didn't look it up. This was again, this was like two years ago, Ryan. I don't have the specifics yeah, of, okay. I, I can tell you that the image of a micro penis is burned into my brain, <laughs> but I don't know the specifics on measurements. Is it like a belly button, like an Audi. You know what? That's actually a really good description yeah. of it. That's actually pretty accurate. It does look like an Audi belly button. Yes. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Here you go with the mom's, okay, yeah, the nice. mom's pubis and everything. We're just on Wikipedia. You yeah. can go to Wikipedia and search micro It's mostly balls. It, it is mostly balls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a bad. Okay, here we go. Smaller than two, three quarters inches. Hard, I, I assume. Um. Yes. Yeah. Erect. Yeah. Smaller than two and three quarters inches erect is a micro penis, which is little. Yeah. Okay. So that's a micro penis, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're now we're clear like this. That's like this. Mm-hmm. This is a micro penis. You got to yeah, stare no, at it. You, you got to really look at it. I got a good. I just burned into my. <laughs> you yeah. need to get an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so you you have two options, Ryan. Option one, <laughs> micro penis. That's what you're born with. You're born with a micro penis. Option two, have you ever heard of Jonah Falcon? So where I first heard of Jonah Falcon, he was featured, I believe, in a Rolling Stone article. If he does not have the biggest documented penis of any anyone, it's like fucking up there. He's got to be in the top five. Gigantic penis. Like he, 12 inches, he claims 10 inches. 13.5 inches erect. Holy shit. <laughs> That's uncomfortable. Uh, let's see if I and like so he has never done porn. He's never like he's mm. never just had it out, but he has done a photo shoot. So I'm assuming that's flaccid, and it's basically going like halfway down his thigh. Yeah, like yeah. over halfway down his thigh. Yeah. It's like a big penis. But basically, he did this Rolling Stone interview, and he was talking about how like his penis is so large that he can't even like he can't even have sex like with women because it's too big to like he can only get you know 25 percent of it in. Yeah. So, the question I pose to you: mm. micro penis or enor like comically oversized penis? What do you go for? Um, I. <laughs> this was higher on the spiciness level, by the way. <laughs> like, I think it would be a bummer if you physically could not have sex. Like or barely get it in, like that would that would be a bummer. Like, and, where you, so you're talking about micro penis right now? No, I'm talking about the the, the twelve inch. Oh, penis. oh, like okay. that would that would be a bummer. Like, <laughs> I mean, because everything the, you're saying would be equally applicable to anyone. Well, with a micro even penis. with like a two inch penis, I think right, you could still like kind of. Did you see the size of that guy's mom's penis? But he was he was obviously not hard. I mean, two. How long is two inches? Like, it's not. Much, like but this, right? I'm just like you're you, not. Like, Okay, I, I okay. I think there's I think there's pros and cons to probably each of those. Like, I think either one is only getting twenty five percent of their stuff inside. No, because that's why would it only be twenty? You, what the micro penis is going to be able to get a hundred percent in? No, not a hundred percent. Not unless it's like a gymnast. 
is very, very able to contort their body, but like in conventional, you know, suburban positions, there's no way they're getting like even over half of, of that end. There's like the base and like, and, th- and then you're just assuming they're just marinating it. What about thrusting? Like you're, like you're going to, like, it's going to be like, ee, 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 ee. I like little mouse fox. I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm trying to fucking think, Eric. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to fucking think which one. Sure. And by the way, if there's anyone listening to us with a micropenis, this is not in no way <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, like degrading your experience. Uh, you shoot us a message on Instagram, uh, but I'm just, it's a purely hypothetical. We're not like saying anyone's lesser than for having, you know, a big or, or a small penis for that matter. I'm just, you know, throwing out scenarios here. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it might be like more embarrassing, just uh, unfortunately, just about how society acts. <laughs> the micro penis right but it also could be like embarrassing with a huge like horse penis too like you know sure like i don't that's a, I, I i guess which one i would i not want to have or what i want to have which one which one would you pick if you had the, if you had to do one of the two which one which one is is less bad which one would you prefer to I don't do know if i want to say like what do you feel mean? bad for, like anyone you know like <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done a lot of studies. Remember, this is a highly scientific podcast, Ryan. Right, I've done right, all right. the studies about the size of the genitals of our listenership. They're all, you know, normies. They're all in the standard deviation there. I would probably have to, I would, just because of the way, you know, like <laughs> men's penises are like kind of perceived here. Like the, like maybe I'd go with the the larger penis but i i also understand there's a lot of cons with that and i could maybe go with a smaller one too like but just you know at least you could like take it out and be like this is what it is like you know right sure right, sure, sure. yeah uh, that was okay so yeah. that's i mean i didn't hem and haw about it quite as much as you did but that was also my answer it was between the two yeah i would pick the big one just on account of the fact that like there's some sort of benefit to that yeah. even though it's like not the ideal situation but like you know if you if you have a micro penis that's like a conversation anytime that you're meeting like a woman that you're interested in like eventually it's going to get to the point where you have to like explain that right and like you'd probably have to explain the other way too but there's like you know ways around that that are less yeah embarrassing i don't know but yeah I, i think so the reason for my pick of the bigger one was just i think from a confidence standpoint alone right if you had a micro penis i think that that would just I think that would always be in the back of your mind anytime that you're like meeting somebody. Just the the idea that like eventually I'm going to have to show this to this person. Like, what if they laugh? Like, there, I'm sure there would be all these different thoughts coming through your brain. It, other thoughts would be going through your brain if you had a gigantic penis. But I think that's an easier conversation and, and potentially yeah, less, yeah, yeah. No. I don't know, scary, embarrassing, whatever word you want to associate with that. But I think that's an easier conversation to have. I think so too. Like probably going to get more like <laughs> and i'm sure you're eventually going to meet some crazy ladies who are just like let me at it like eventually yeah, i'm surprised this person never went into like porn even just you know like <laughs> uh he's an actor too is the funny is he? thing he's an actor he apparently was in an episode of the Not sopranos he has to go into porn i'm just saying, like i mean everyone would want to put you in a in a porno like if right you, if, i mean it's, you you would have to try out sure you don't it, have to start with anything you could just go into regular like straight porn like right like, right i mean yeah, i would think it seems like uh, i agree it seems like a squandered gift of sorts good well well put you know if you're yeah. you're being blessed with this you might as well you know have it make yeah. some money for you but i could also see you know 
not wanting to exploit it. I, I yeah, can, I can sure, see both sides. Sure. Uh, in case you're curious, both my sister and my wife uh, went the other way. They both said uh, micropenis. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to remember why. I think it was because they... I think that they said it was like they they were worried about it like getting in the way. <laughs> Yeah. Like like sitting on it and it just kind of like being a nuisance to them. Like I can't imagine it would be like super pleasant for a woman to try to take something like that. No, I don't think so. Like and that's no. also something to have you would have to deal with with that. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you would have to address that problem. It's just like it doesn't. It's initially it's not as I I probably just like embarrassing to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still have there's still a fucking problem with it like you know like <laughs> that's, so that's very true yeah. don't you think though like i mean it would be a lot of trial and effort and it'd be a little bit harder to sort of verify this type of thing but like if there's a man with a penis out there that's that big there's gotta be a woman with a vagina that's like able to accommodate that right like there wouldn't like there's got to be somebody who i mean who i don't think a vagina it. would be able to accommodate it anyway like i think about what they accommodate anyways babies as, right children like i i mean so yeah you probably could but right and not everybody I, I know like you know the vast majority probably could not but i think because yeah. you know <laughs> that's different than like the the, the womb uh, area and whatnot but yeah i think somebody you know <laughs> through enough trial and error you could find someone who could accept that I, I feel like yeah i mean again that would be uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> like i wouldn't want as a woman, if I was a woman, I wouldn't want to accommodate that sort of... Uh, Markomaniacs, I encourage you, ask this question around to anyone, uh, you know, in your in your social circles. I'm curious to hear what the results are, because every guy that I've talked to after... I mean, Ryan probably, you know, was the most wishy-washy, but eventually they all land on big penis. And then every woman that I've spoken to has always ventured towards the small penis. So I'm, I'm curious... Uh, Curious what the what the overall science says on this one. Uh, so Ryan, team big penis. <laughs> uh, shall we talk about wrestling? Let's do it. Let's get into it. So I picked a match for us uh, this episode, and the reason that I picked this match is because, and I think I referenced this after your ranking last episode. Um, you're kind of a misogynist. Oh, am I? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Big Penis over here. Uh, A little bit of a misogynist. Do you know why I'm saying this? Why is that? So we have watched two matches featuring women. They keep moving them down. You seem to be unfairly targeting Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Like, it seems like maybe not every episode, but every two to three episodes, whenever you're, like, looking at our list of matches, (laughs) you're always like, you put it above Charlotte and Ronda. And like you, you seem to like that match during yeah, sort it was, it was of fine match, <laughs> pleasant match. And and I can't help but feel like maybe there's some anti-woman sentiment <laughs> here. So I want to give you the opportunity to redeem yourself. Uh, so we're going to be watching uh, something that actually ticks a couple of boxes uh, in this case. One, it's it's a it's a women's match. Uh, two, you've also expressed interest to me of watching like a recent match. And this is about as recent as it gets. This is actually from this year's WrestleMania oh, uh, back in All April right. that happened in your favorite city, Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, and uh, so that's what we're going to watch here today. Women's match, Tampa Bay, WrestleMania 2021. I don't know this match, by the way. I, I But was there news surrounding this outcome? Like, was it like a big storyline to any degree? Like mainstream news? 
maybe not main, but like Reddit news, something that might pop up on just like your. I mean, I feel like I heard something about it, and I can't remember if that if this was it. Um, I don't know. Probably, I'm not sure. Like I mean, squared circle, like it's possible. Yeah, but, it wouldn't. But nothing like crazy. Nothing kind of, insane. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think like this. I mean, there are going to be fans of this match, but I don't mm-hmm. think it was something like, "Oh, holy shit! Okay. Everybody yeah. needs to know about this fucking match." Like it wasn't quite to that level. While both, you know, participants are very talented. Yeah, I don't think it went like too over the top. But I mean, there's prob- no underdog victory or something like that. I guess you can't. You probably- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you want me to just tell you who wins? <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's just get into it. I mean, if I guess if anything strikes you as familiar, we can address it. But uh, okay, so over the last few years in the WWE, there has been a noticeable shift in how women's wrestling has been presented. So there's been a number of people responsible for the move away from sexualized bra and panty matches and bikini contests that used to happen like all the time in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, and I know we've talked about this, but a bra and panties matches where you're literally stripping your opponent down to their bra and panties. Uh, really classic yeah. uh, <laughs> content. Uh, but the, the final push leading to women's wrestling being viewed as equal to the men's came with the rise of uh, a group, an informal group in the WWE that were known as the Four Horsewomen. So the name is a tongue-in-cheek reference to Ric Flair's group from the 80s and 90s, the Four Horsemen, uh, and is comprised of Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Bayley. Now, it's important to note the Four Horsewomen have never been presented as a group on television, but they all rose through the ranks together and have been presented as frequent friends and rivals over the past five years or so. And so we've seen Charlotte Flair already. Uh, We've talked about Becky Lynch. We haven't actually seen her yet. Um, and we have not seen Sasha Banks or Bailey just yet either. Uh, so in the case of the Charlotte Flair match that we saw, again, Ryan has unfairly targeted and repeatedly bumped that match down in his ranking in a move that I can only assume is his way of lashing out against women. But today he has the opportunity to, you know, prove himself as an ally, as, as a true, you know, inspiration, someone who's out to bring women up, raise them up, uh, and not just knock them down in his scientific rankings here today. Um, so today's match features one of the other members of the Four Horsewomen, which is known, or she is known, as Sasha Banks. So Sasha Banks is the cousin of Snoop Dogg. Let that sink into you. I think it's... For real? Yeah, this is real. Okay. She's an act... She, yes, she is yeah. a blood relative of Snoop Dogg. She is Snoop Dogg's cousin. Is that well known? Am I just missing, like... I don't so I don't think that wrestling as a whole and I mean we can go down like the modern wrestling rabbit hole yeah. if you want but I I don't think there's a whole lot about like WWE today that's like yeah. super well known like the biggest star that they have in the company is a guy named Roman Reigns who uh, like he was in one of the Fast and the Furious movies recently. Uh, I think he's maybe he's done another acting gig here and there, but like he's not quite on the level of like a John Cena now. Mm-hmm. Maybe in another five to ten years, I wouldn't be shocked if he was. Um, but he's pretty much like the biggest star in the company at the moment, which we also have seen him previously in the Shield versus Wyatt family brothers match that you like referencing. But yeah, I don't. I don't think like oh, Sasha Banks, yeah, Snoop Dogg's cousin or anything like that. Like unless you specifically s- seeked it out, you probably wouldn't know. Sasha Banks, do you do you have Disney Plus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do did you watch The Mandalorian? This doesn't seem like no. your type of thing. Okay, she did a guest spot on The Mandalorian, just no. so you know. So she's also kind of 
dipped okay. her toe into acting a little bit. So despite being the smallest of the horsewomen, she's arguably the most technically sound and agile of them. After spending some time in the WWE developmental system and not finding much success, she eventually developed the character of the boss, Sasha Banks, which is a cocky, brash wrestler who knows that she's better than everyone else. And this finally gave her the chance to show her personality and make a name for herself. Uh, so she's been a part of the WWE's main roster, so out of their developmental system since 2015, and she's established herself as one of the key members of that women's roster, winning several titles and even some Match of the Year awards along the way. So she's done very, very well for herself. I'd say she's kind of regarded as one of the top wrestlers in general, but definitely top women's wrestlers in the company. So leading... To this year's past year's WrestleMania in Tampa, which was the first WWE event in front of a live crowd in over a year, Sasha was set to defend the SmackDown Women's Championship in the main event of night one of WrestleMania. So WrestleMania was actually a two night thing this past year. And her opponent is going to be Bianca Belair. Uh, any questions so far no. about the whole like lack of fans or anything else that we mentioned? The lack of fans is in like. So this is Pan the f- pandemic, like yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is the first WWE event that was in front of a live like group of fans in over a year. What, what was like was their capacity like twenty five percent or something? Like uh, I think so. It was in the Tampa Bay the football. So stadium. it could have been hundred percent. Could have been hundred percent. They Bay they limited rules. it. <laughs> they limited it to twenty five thousand people per night. Oh, and there, how much do you say the capacity was? Like a hundred? I don't know. What the, it's whatever the Tampa Bay football stadium capacity is. Plus the Buccaneers. Many, yeah, the Buccaneers. Oh, okay. So it's in that stadium. I don't know. Maybe fifty percent. I'm that's not probably fifty really, percent. Yeah, that's a good amount. But they're also putting like people on the on the like ground level too. Remember, mm. so it's not just people in the stands. They've got yeah. a bunch of floor seating and stuff like that. But yeah, until this. So we haven't haven't actually watched any of these matches from the pandemic era of WWE, and God, I hope we really don't. But uh, it's been in front of what they call the Thunderdome. Yes, is that like the screens? Yes, fucking just. Do you do you like that idea? Like, would, do, do I you, like it? No, I don't like it at all. Why don't you like it? I just think I, I I didn't like any sort of sporting event during COVID. I thought it was all just atrocious and bad, and mm-hmm. they would put cardboard like you know. Cardboard stands up in baseball stadiums. And you don't think it's better than cardboard stands, the Thunderdome idea? No, it's like the tackiest thing I've ever seen. Like, Wow, tackiest thing you've ever seen. Was, so you like the cardboard cutouts more than the Thunderdome? Yes. Well, I don't like either of them, but yes, I, yeah. Uh, so just so everybody's clear on what the what word is we're, we're talking about. So WWE, they basically rented out an arena and they like very impressive visually. I'll say it's not necessarily like it's definitely nowhere close to have, having actual like live people in the building. But what they would do is they had like all these monitors set up around the ring so that when they were shooting like the, the match, it was as if there was a crowd there. And each person that was on stream would kind of like be cheering or booing based on like what was happening in the match and like wwe would actually pipe in like yay or boo or whatever to kind of go along with whatever narrative was being expressed in that match it, it looked like it was straight out like what like an old video game where they have like the crowd that's just like you know <laughs> yeah really kind of shitty like pixels out there right, like, right right yeah that's i mean so I, I saw a couple of them i haven't heard much about it like lately i think they more or less weeded out all the troublemakers but especially when they first started doing thunderdome shows there was a couple people that were uh streaming i remember there was one guy dressed in a Ku Klux clan outfit 
Uh, there was one guy who was um, tr- who just had a picture up of Chris Benoit, who is a, a famous wrestler who murdered his wife and son. Uh, so there's like a couple of, of like trolling like events. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised there hasn't actually been more of it, honestly. But uh, I remember hearing about those when it first came up. But again, WrestleMania this past year was actually in front of fans uh, as opposed to last year's WrestleMania, which was not. They didn't even have a Thunderdome back then. It was just literally a ring. No one around. Very I like that better. Yeah. Just like, just go with the whole new dynamic of no one in there, you know? You say new dynamic or nude dynamic? Because I I could go for either. (laughs) Nude dynamic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So again, Sasha Banks, she's going to be wrestling Bianca Belair. Uh, Bianca Belair is is kind of like a a newer prospect. Uh, She's recently brought up from WWE Developmental. Uh, Their developmental is called NXT. Not that you care, but that's what it is. Uh, she is a former All-American hurdler. She's a former power lifter and CrossFit competitor. So she's a very, very talented athlete. Uh, overall, she's got all the physical tools to be a star in pro wrestling. Plus, and maybe most importantly, she has a really, really long braid that goes like past her her butt uh, that she uses as a weapon in her matches. She put things in it? Spikes I mean, or glass or anything like that? It's hard to say. I don't know. I mean, it could be like little bits of glass that you can't right, see yeah. on camera. So, so I mean... A baking pan. Yeah, and we'll have to run the science on it. Yeah. I mean, she may have baking pans or, uh, you know, Rottweiler dogs in there. We, we're just not quite sure. Uh, so, Bianca describes herself as the EST of WWE. And so, you're probably wondering, well, what the fuck does that mean? It means that she is the strong-est, she is the fast-est, she is the tough-est, mm. and she is the best... EST. You follow me on this one? Got it. All right. Uh, (laughs) Slick. (laughs) She won the right to challenge for the women's championship by winning the Royal Rumble against 29 other women. And she is looking to make her name at the biggest show of the year and prove that she's capable of hanging with the top tier talent of the horsewomen. Uh, Last couple things that I wanted to mention. This is only the second time that a women's match has main evented WrestleMania. So this has happened once before. This is now the second. And this is actually the very first time that the main event of WrestleMania was between two African-Americans, man or women. Uh, so this is the absolute first time that's ever happened. So if you notice that they're a little choked up at the start of the match, I think it's because this was looked at as somewhat of a historic Maybe moment. that's what I was talking about. Like, it's entirely possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could have brought that up like when I asked, but I don't know what made the front page of whatever weird sexual <laughs> choking subreddits you're going on, pal. Okay. So don't even <laughs> ask me to get your okay. fucked up All mind. Right. <laughs> Uh, So ultimately, the question around this match comes down to whether or not Sasha Banks is going to solidify her legacy by defending the title at WrestleMania, or is Bianca Belair going to take her place alongside the Horsewoman as a top star of the women's division in the years to come? And that's our thing. That's, That's our match here today. I'm hoping it ranks high. I hope biased against it or anything like uh, this one play out and. Yeah. Where it belongs. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm right there with you. So with all that said, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come we're gonna watch that match. We're gonna come back with our thoughts and we'll see you in just a little bit. Thanks, everybody. Hello everyone, this is Robert with the Watching It Podcast. We're a show that covers TV and movies. Join me and my co-host Donnell each week to talk about shows like Loki, The Lower Decks, Snowpiercer, Palm Springs, and Collateral. You can find us at watchingitpod.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. 
compartmentalize. You have to power an elbow, tie up a feeling out process between these two women. Blair now walking up the stairs. And Dummy backs into the ring. Banks up, Banks lands on her feet. Bianca and now again. Oh my God! Bianca. And that right there is Bianca's family. Bianca Belair rolls down the beat. We're here. We're back. Uh, we just watched uh, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks in the main event of night one of WrestleMania. How old am I? WrestleMania 37 uh, this past year in Tampa Bay. Uh, you, you, do you regret not going now? Now that you've seen I a little do, bit, absolutely, even more so than I <laughs> being had one before. of the twenty five thousand. Yeah, it was great. Realistically, if you were to go, uh-huh. so so ordinarily WrestleMania is like a one night thing, but it ta- it's like legitimately a seven or eight hour show. Ordinarily, yeah, this was not that. This was like two, three, three and a half hour shows or something like that. Uh, if you were to have gone, do you think that you would have just gone to one night and be like, okay, I did WrestleMania, or would you want the full experience of going to both nights? I would probably go to one night. That's about what I was expecting yeah. you to yeah. say. Yeah. And you, you cheap, cheap seats, or would you try and get like something decent? Like, what I would mean, your price depends. range like, I don't be? Think, I don't think like if it, I mean if prices were like forty, fifty bucks for cheap seats, then maybe like maybe I'd drop a little bit more money on like a little bit better seats. Like it looked fantastic. Like it looked very. That was well like done. the first thing that that we talked about. Yeah, it looked great. Is so. uh, how like clean and the production value. Like I mean, yeah. we saw all sorts of fireworks and just like the 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 of all the things you could say about WWE, positive or negative. I think their strongest positive is their production value and just how professional like everything is run uh, on that side of things. It's very very impressive. You know, overall, as far as just like the spectacle and just kind of visually what's going on on the screen. Yeah, it was really good. What did you think? So as far as the match itself, what did you think of the the intro package between Bianca and Sasha? Kind of like leading up to the match where they were kind of going back and forth. Like, you're not the B-E-S-T, I'm the B-E-S-T, like, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I feel like that line was said at least uh, four times. Yeah, I mean, like pretty good why are you holding on to the mic i don't know i i um i don't are you nervous right now i'm not nervous (laughs) not nervous are you nervous about offending all the sasha banks fans that are going to be listening to this episode it was the intro is fine the intro didn't strike me uh as you know you weren't a huge fan of it let's just say it you weren't a big fan of it no it just didn't grab you there wasn't anything bad, I, I, and I don't want to put words right, in your nothing mouth. Nothing greater or worse than like anything you know I've seen in the past. It was, it was well, right I mean, I'm, we've seen cool stuff. We have. We've also seen really bad stuff. But this was in the middle. Is right what the middle. is the vibe that right I'm getting from you? Okay, so then they had the entrances. Bianca got like a shitload of fireworks that had to be like several thousand dollars worth of fireworks yeah. that were lit up during her entrance. Exciting, um, exciting, right? There. That was good. Yeah, exciting stuff. stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sasha comes out. She's got the Snoop Dogg song. I, so Ryan did pick Sasha to win the match. Um, we'll see how that plays out for him as we read through our notes here today, which for the record, before we – and I, I I keep not doing this. I need to be better at this. Ryan's record going into our match here today was 21 and 19. So keep that in mind, 21 and 19. He picked Sasha Banks. So we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, Sasha makes her entrance to Snoop Dogg. Is 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 the reason you pick Sasha because of Snoop Dogg? Is that is that like the reason? Do you think, or is there anything? Yeah, else? like I mean, I, you know, like that's, I, yes, it was. That was such a small part of what I told you about 
all of these things, uh-huh. but you just latched onto the Snoop Dogg part. Do you are you a big Snoop Dogg fan? A big West Coast, best West Coast West Coast rap guy. Yeah, okay. So. Are you part of the West Coast, East Coast few? Like, is there rappers that you don't like because they're East Coast I am rappers? part of the West Coast, East Coast few. Who who do you not like because I'm they're not, an East I'm, Coast rapper? I Travis Scott? Is Travis Scott an East Coast rapper <laughs> I don't now? Know. I have no um, idea. Yeah, I don't... I, I, as far as what I'm going to take to latch on to... I always have to pick something. I'm mm-hmm. pretty close, so that's just what I like when I gravitated towards. But sure. I liked her hair. You know, she had some nice... The Seahawks colors, the blue and green. It just looked... It, I mean, it's a nice look on her. You know, I think she, you could pull that look off. You think so? With a couple months of Rogan, I think you could do it. God fucking damn it. That's unfair <laughs> to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat, I... <laughs> We're halfway through this episode. Uh, and then, so the one thing that you almost, <laughs> saying these things out loud, it sounds uh, a little silly. I'll just say it because it's what happened. So <laughs> for Sasha, the main thing, as we discussed, that sort of drove him to picking her to win this match was she had Snoop, she's Snoop Dogg's cousin and Snoop Dogg performed her ring music. Um, not live, but just, you know, mm-hmm. the recording. Uh, he the, couldn't make it for his cousin's he, he was busy. Uh, WrestleMania. A lot of important things yeah. <laughs> uh, it's snoop snoop business he's hanging out snoop with martha Ryan. martha stewart yeah yeah the thing that that almost swayed you briefly to towards bianca belair was the fact that she's from knoxville yeah yeah, yeah. which you've never an been attractive to uh if you had told me that in the, in the beginning i, I might have latched onto that honestly i didn't uh i didn't find it to be relevant to the story of the match yeah <laughs> But I'll, I'll know better next time. Yeah. Next time, I will tell you where each participant hails from. Yeah, that'd be, I will, that's like, yeah. I'll, I'll do my best on that uh, that that front. But the match starts. Uh, both participants are crying. We talked about this before we actually watched the <laughs> match. I like, briefly forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, and very again, dramatic in the it's beginning. like an emotional moment because like there are two women main eventing WrestleMania. There are two black women main eventing WrestleMania. It's Were like, they both crying? I didn't feel like Sasha was crying as much as. Yeah. So, well, okay. Can I not to get my girl was not crying as much. Your as girl that. was not crying as much. This it was mainly Bianca and like to be honest, not to get into how the sausage is made too much, but I think that the reason that Bianca was crying is because she knew she was going to win the match. But I didn't want it to necessarily like be obvious that that was going on. Uh, because I remember when I was watching it live, it was pretty fucking obvious that that was going on. Why so I do you wanted, say that? Why do I say that? Yeah, that, that she, she thought she was going to win the match. Well, she knew she was going to win the match. Well, I think this is my. This is my. You're, you're you're assuming that, right? Like, yes. Okay. My take as as a longtime viewer of wrestling yeah. was she knew that she was winning the main event of WrestleMania. She knew that her family was there. She was emotional at the start of the match because she was like excited about. I just want to make sure, like, because it's rehearsed. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, rehearsed. No, rehearsed implies that like they practice the match in advance. That's not true. So because they made the decision. Yeah. The wrestlers know who's winning and who's I, losing. I, under, I understand that. Okay, but like that's not typically like so, that. That's an that's just like an interesting comment, like to me. Like I obviously all these matches have been like determined, mm-hmm. but that's not something we've ever like discussed on like pre match. Like what what's what's, right. what's driving like you know them to like you know 
get into this match or like mm-hmm. you know, how they're acting beforehand or sure so well uh, okay let's let's delve into that a little bit because you're right i don't think that we've really talked about that subject before um and i don't think we've seen examples of this before but like and not to get in like a modern wrestling versus like classic pro wrestling sort of like debate or anything but especially over the past 20 or so years there's definitely been times where there have been wrestlers usually when they win their very first title mm-hmm. like when you like you you've been wrestling on the indies for so many years or like you you've been you've been at it for like so long and so when you win your first like world title that's basically like the company putting faith in you and saying like we trust you to like represent this company and like Mm. be able to draw fans to the building and stuff so it's it's half Super Bowl victory and half Academy Award mm-hmm. would okay. be the way to look at it. That's- so, like, it's not a real contest. Obviously, we've talked about that many times. They're not actually competing against each other, but it's like a huge vote of confidence from the company. And it's like a way of sort of validating that all the sacrifices that you've made, like all this time that you spent away from your family, like doing pro wrestling shit, yeah. like it's all validated because yeah. now you're at like the top of your profession. Huh. So, you'll see guys and women who get like very emotional. Now, normally that happens at like the end of the match when they actually win. Right. It doesn't usually <laughs> prior to the match. Time. It doesn't usually happen prior. Like I'm not gonna like you know uh, shit on Dale Bianca Belair like, for doing it. What are you doing? Like, like I get it too. Put it like, together, like <laughs> right. But you know, it's it's usually something. No, you that's do at the end that's of the match. that's an interesting like insight that I would have never like really thought of before. But yeah, that, it, okay. I mean, it makes sense. Um, kind of she blew it but you know well she won well she did she, but she blew the now if i just oh you know only could have thought of that like i, I <laughs> but i think that there was and not to i think there was also an element of like we're in the main event yeah, yeah. like i think there was a certain element of like i never thought i would be in the main event of a wrestlemania this is a huge deal for me like maybe sasha sort of should have been crying too because she was going to lose her sasha house. got a little choked up but she wasn't quite as emotional as no, bianca no, I, i'll, bianca. I'll say yeah. that okay all right well fair yeah so um so match starts you didn't at the start anyway you didn't really seem to be a huge fan of this match there was a couple points where like bianca was showing off her athleticism doing like some back handsprings etc i remember you made you made the comment pretty handsy what was your thought at the beginning i mean they like just slapped each other around a little bit like in the corner at one point like Mm -hmm. it it Mm -hmm. got like there was no moves there it just seemed like that got a little out of hand for a second. They just sure. started like, you know, so like kind of no coordination. There wasn't like, and then, you know, that's fine. I mean, it's authentic, right? Raw. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's what I typically like see in a match. That's what I'm expecting. So it got a little mm-hmm. like, you know, a little handsy right there. And then um, it just seemed initially a little less coordinated. Like they were actually kind of going at it. And then uh-huh. they started to get back into their, like, you know, their groove, their moves and, and all mm-hmm. that kind of shortly after. But it just seemed like they were really off script a little bit in the beginning. Okay. It, one also thing that we kind of saw, not only really, it wasn't just at the beginning. We saw it in the beginning, but it kind of happened throughout the match was there was a lot of kind of like pauses in the action playing to the crowd. You were yeah. not a fan of that. It was after every move. I get that they do it. And you like, made a point to say like, this happens in all wrestling matches. I'm not singling out no. the women because you know, again, you've been, you've been labeled as a misogynist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it, it, that was, it was, I think they can do it. And, mm-hmm. but it was, it was literally after every single move. They right. Were like both you you found it to be their, excessive. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I just thought it was a little... But I think got away mm-hmm. from it fairly quickly, I think, but, you know... I think towards the end of the match, it definitely picked up, and yeah. you became more invested in what was going on. But yeah. I think at the beginning, you were thrown off by not only the amount of playing to the crowd, but you were also thrown off by more Bianca than Sasha, but, like, the amount of, like, Rob Van Dam-esque sort of, like... Uh, handsprings and sort of like extra stuff that was being thrown into the moves that weren't and, actually. And not that it wasn't very athletic. It was, I mean, right. you know. But sure. Unnecessary? Probably. Right. It didn't re- seem to ever serve a purpose. Like I remember you even saying at one point in time, and again, for anyone who's like joining in on this podcast for the first time, etc. like Ryan's only watched now, this will be just over 40 matches in his entire life. So he's not... A re- he is the, he is the non wrestling fan. I'm the big wrestling fan. But I remember there was a point where you even said the sentence out loud. That's not wrestling. <laughs> it struck me as so funny because that's such a thing that old school wrestling fans get all like butthurt about. Like, well, that's not wrestling. They're not they're not grabbing a like, hold and working like, a leg. Like today's wrestling, that's what they. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, they'll see stuff uh, and kind of make the comment like that's 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 gymnastics. That's not wrestling, like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which you didn't go that far with it, but the the sentiment was sort of was sort of there. Which I again, I don't blame you for. I I can see from that perspective, like what what's the point of doing you know a bounce off the ropes if the idea is you're just splashing on the person? Just do the splash and you know do it. Um, Let's see here. There was the point which, okay, so you seemed a little nonplussed about this. I remember being very impressed, especially the first time I watched this match. But there was the bit where Bianca's outside of the ring. Sasha dives out of the ring, lands Mm -hmm. on her. Bianca rolls through, picks Sasha up, and, like, presses her over her head and, like, walks up the steps. Again, like, I would love to see, to have seen her throw her into the crowd. (laughs) That's what I was wanting to see, really. I believe your exact sentence when that was happening was like, COVID crowd, COVID crowd, throw her to the really COVID crowd. Really dangerous. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's what I want. And essentially just How like, many people were vaccinated at that point in time in this find year? Find out, like, Ryan. in Florida. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, how many Floridians were vaccinated in early April? But she basically just, like, picked her up and then, like, carried her. Up the stairs, like, yeah. and then back into the ring. Like, it, I mean, even well, though... Well, she tossed her over the top rope. A little bit. Well, I mean, she yeah. threw her over the top rope. There's not a little bit or a lot of bit of that, that she just did it. She threw her over a the little, top rope. She threw her a little bit over the rope. I don't know what I that... Mean, I don't think it was that. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Uh, okay, so that happened... Okay, so then we started seeing Sasha Banks using Bianca's hair against her. Like, yeah. a couple times yep. where she'd, like, yep. yank on the hair. That's when it got good. That's when things change in this match. I knew that that would be a thing that you like. Like, you like when people have things that they don't... I, I think it kind of goes with, the, like, the showboating thing. Like, you like people getting comeuppance for, like, uh, excessive things on their person. Yeah, I mean, you come out there with this <laughs> sort of, like... This happens in, like, not only wrestling, uh-huh. but it happens in, like, football, too. Like, you get sure. dragged down by the extra hair. Well, you did that to yourself, right? You come out there with a fucking six-foot braid... <laughs> And, like, this is going to be something. These are the consequences that you might face. Like, right. And it's legal, and she used it to her advantage, like, you know. Right. So. And I remember you actually – it's it's funny the things that, like, you really like in matches because simultaneously you like r- really athletic sort of uh, high-octane type of matches. But at the same time, you also enjoy, like, the really logical, like, oh, you have a long braid. I'm going to use it. Or you're up on the top rope. I'm going to kick your leg so you fall. Like, you, you – it, yeah. It's a weird dynamic of the things that you grab hold of that you enjoy in these matches. 
I wouldn't say she just used it. She like she that had an impact on the like it was impressive use of force on on her on her hair like right right um, is what I would yeah there was a couple times yeah she like slammed her down by the hair she like yanked her by the hair there was one point where she even like had her in a submission hold where she tied Bianca's hair up in her <laughs> own the arm rope. yeah into the like rope choked her out with it like, yeah basically it was, yeah it was yeah. Very strategic. There was another time where Sasha was trying to use Bianca's hair against her, but then Bianca countered, uh, pulled Bianca, or excuse me, pulled Sasha into the post. So it was like kind of a counter to the counter of the hair. You didn't like the counters for the most part. You were always uh, disappointed because you wanted to see the move. And then when the move would yeah, get countered, you'd be like, ah, oh, God the, damn it. Even, even the counters weren't like there was. There's a couple, like, I guess maybe one or two good ones, but the, the rest of them were pretty just, like, I moved out of the way. Like, <laughs> I think I know which your which counter was your favorite, Yeah, which is my next note. Uh, so there was the 450 splash, they call it, where you basically do a front flip onto your opponent from the top rope, but then Sasha Banks got her knees up and Bianca landed right on. I, I feel like you, that's the point where you were kind of like, okay, I'm sort of into this match now. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know how she recovered from that. Like, that's just... <laughs> It's a brutal move. Like, and it's smart. That's a smart move. Like, yeah. I, I, that is a very I Ryan I, Murphy move. Yeah, exactly. Like that's <laughs> just put my knees up in the air and see what. But like that can they can do some damage, some ribs, or you know, like after that move happened, Ryan looks at me and he's like, you know, if I was a wrestler, that's what I would do. And this is like after the the front flip, but I immediately knew he didn't mean. The, the 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 450 splash <laughs> front up. flip he meant just getting his knees up so the person jumping on him would land on his knees right these guys always just lay flat on their backs as it happens you know <laughs> throw your knees up there and like you know <laughs> and that's why sasha was your pick that heads up play from the boss oh, yeah. a couple splashes so really i guess we could just kind of jump ahead to toward towards the end so there was the bit where where Bianca's kind of tied up in the ropes and she's hanging upside down. Sasha is like on the top rope and you think like, oh shit, she's going to like stomp the shit out of her. Uh, Bianca counters, which you didn't like. It, to be to be honest, it was a it was little... A counter. They, she didn't counter anything. She just moved. Well, she, she, she was kind of like doing like a half moved, crunch. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then she, she just stopped doing a half crunch. Which so. is easier than what she was doing before. Like, <laughs> you know, like... You're not wrong. So Sasha Banks misses the stomp. Bianca Belair hits the 450 splash that she tried to go for earlier. Sasha kicked out. Um, Bianca had a very ridiculous reaction of kind of like scooting around on her butt, like, oh my God. Like, it's always funny when, like, there's. When she was about to win or she thought she was going to win. When she thought she. Yeah, when she was like, I can't believe Sasha kicked out. Like, some of the more over the top reactions to, like, the two count kick out. Do you think that was planned or do you think she actually thought she had it at that point? Because that was a pretty authentic. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's called called a false finish. I mean, I see them all the fucking time. I just, like, her reaction to it was like, I. I don't know. Maybe she went over the top, like you said, or like she thought she had. No. No. Okay. All right. No. That was that was absolutely. Planned. I guess like because we still haven't seen some of the best moves yet. That that was probably not. We've seen some good moves. We've seen a top not the stormbreaker. Like we've seen a leg up, bear hug in this match. No. Oh. Oh. oh no, no. 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 I was just saying like the best moves in this match had yet to come. Like, oh well, there was yeah. only like one or two more. Well, moves. that was. I mean. So so I think what you're referring to. So Sasha went back to the well. Using Bianca's hair against her. And then what happens? Bianca yanks her hair back from Sasha. And so, again, for anyone who may have glossed over this when we were talking about it before, Bianca's braid uh, goes down past her butt. So, this is probably like a three to four foot braid of hair. And it's tight at the end. Yeah. 
very, very, and he's not talking like '90s slang tight. Where he's talking like it's a tight braid. Yeah, right. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> a real tight braid. So uh, Bianca takes this braid, which again had been for the most part used against her the entire match. She takes it and she whipped the absolute fuck out of Sasha Banks. Just one time, like one time. Yeah, but that's all that it. That's all that it needed to be. Yeah. Any more, it would have like been you know a, a case of like lowering returns, that sort of thing. But like that one time, that crack echoed through that whole stadium and like i think upon first viewing everybody's first impression was like that can't be real but then within a matter of five to ten seconds you immediately see this welt show up on sasha banks rib cage from where she got whipped by that braid yeah yeah which and is like insane like, during like even the finishing move like the last thing you kind of it's almost like a wounded animal to some degree and like you could just see yes her like being taken down with this huge just welts like right on i mean yeah it was like it was a that was a solid finish like i you gotta respect that move. like <laughs> yeah she got her hair pulled around the whole match but she she came back and she yeah. used it mm-hmm finish her off like and sasha's selling after she got with like i'm not sure how much of that was like make-believe i'm sure a lot of it was she like she didn't even like hold, sell that probably hurt and she, she was down on her knees like crawling around like oh fuck oh fuck yeah. like it was pretty legitimate I, again i don't think there was a whole lot of embellishment that she needed to do to sell that uh but it was among the best selling i've seen in any matches like at all yeah, recently yeah. that didn't strike me as like over the top no no i yeah. think that was pretty appropriate yeah, yeah. From there, Bianca goes ahead, hits the finishing move that she has, which is the Kith of Death. And we've got a new SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. So, Ryan, that brings him down. I should make a note around this to 21 and 20. I know sometimes you feel like you got the short end of the stick. <laughs> Other times you're like, you know what? That was fair. Yeah. What do you think about this time? I, I, <laughs> I think it's fair. I think okay. I, this I, was a fair loss because sometimes you get boo boo faced about it. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't. I this don't, is not a boo boo face. I mean, honestly, that was. A, I thought it could go either way towards the end of the match. I realized sure. at one point I may have made a like slight mistake in my calculation. When did you realize that? I feel like it was when she got put up. Like it was later in the match, maybe like three quarters. She got put up. Like oh, the stomp. Yeah, the, the missed stomp. So when Bianca was hanging upside down. Was that was that when she put her? I mean, she put her up there first, so yeah, I guess like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, I guess, yeah, and that was like the very end of the match. Yeah, so, so okay, um, all right, just started to shift. Well, I know you've been wanting to postpone this. I don't think we can postpone it any longer. We got to rank it, regardless oh. of where you put it. You're if, if it's not number one, wrong. which it won't be, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're going to probably piss some people off. But I, I we got to do it. So um, it's time to go to the science. So we're going to pull up this list. In fact. I know you got it on the phone. I'll pull it up on my screen here so I can kind of follow along too. So are we thinking top, middle, bottom? I guess we'll start with that. It is in the middle. Okay. Um, you know, it might be right above uh, Charlotte Flair <laughs> versus... <laughs> <laughs> just thinking that. 22? Like, that... <laughs> <laughs> the whole idea of this episode was to redeem yourself. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to push you in any direction. Like do what your heart tells you to do. That is it's almost dead center and that's kind of where I saw this match. It's a big match, right? It's like Yeah, though no, this is an important match. Important match. From a historical standpoint, I think people are going to look back right, and this is important. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, what I want. And like it like like you said, 
Um, there were elements of it that you weren't a huge fan of, but like uh, you, Sasha Banks, great performance throughout. Bianca Belair, you may not necessarily be a huge fan of like her sort of flashier, uh, <laughs> unnecessarily athletic style, but like very impressive athlete, like super strong, very agile, uh, very impressive athlete overall. I think maybe I should put it 21. Drop okay. It, drop it right in, right in there, right in the middle, right above. I don't, okay. Bobby, Bobby Eaton, Steve Austin, Terry Taylor. Oh, so new number 22, you're saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, new, 20... number, new number 22, so above okay. 21. Yeah, yeah, new number 22. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to, so and I think it's a fair rating for everybody this match. I think it's where I wanted to put it. I think. Right. Do you have any email addresses or anywhere that, that, that any hate mail can be directed <laughs> to? Or because, I, because don't send anything to hard, the hard mark thing. I run, I run hard mark on Twitter. You could just blast that out. Just put my email. I run hard mark on Facebook. I, me, Eric, <laughs> I run hard mark on Instagram. So if you're like, do we have a domain that we can, I've been thinking about it yeah. I, right now at the time of this recording, we no. don't, we might in the, in the near future, okay. but that might be a thing we have sometime soon. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, just re- find, find Ryan. I'm sure if you're an obsessive Sasha Banks fan, you have ways of finding this guy. So just reach out to him directly. He'd love to hear from you. All right. Is there anything? Is there anything no, I'm just looking forward to like uh, any responses that we get. <laughs> we did actually get um, – now, this is from a little while ago by the time that people are going to hear this. But we actually did get a minor piece of, of, of HADA, On- HADA messaging. I've never actually had anyone say anything negative before but until uh, what was it? recently. So, I posted a thing on our Instagram mm-hmm. – about, I think it was back in episode 27, there was a, a conversation we had about bidets, specifically around European bidets and how, like, they're bullshit. Because they're butt baths. You yeah, fill up a oh, thing yeah, of water yeah, and you yeah, yeah, wash yeah. your butt. It's uh, not like a spray. For sure. And, like, I posted that. Was on, Greta? Did she? It was not Greta. Else? It was not. Greta is a sensible lady. <laughs> I'm sure Greta, you know, yeah. she understands. But, uh, no, somebody, some random person. And to be fair, I may have poked the bear a little bit. I did tag it, like, Europe and European bidet <laughs> and stuff like that. So, I, I take at least a, yeah. a little bit of it. But let me see what somebody said on that. Uh, bear with me for a moment here. So, Instagram actually banned it since uh, I saw it yesterday. So, it says, these comments were hidden because they may be offensive or spam. People can still tap to view them. So here's what it actually says. Only Americans find this disgusting. And then dot, 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 dot. <laughs> and then he goes on. The lack of critical thinking and common sense deficiency. So he's basically uh, <laughs> talking shit about Americans. Good shit, yeah. Good uh, shit. <laughs> so there you go. And I, yeah. and all I, I just liked the comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, yeah. Yeah, so hatred. Hatred brings us all together. So if you have any hatred about, you know, Ryan dismissive, this very historic (laughs) WrestleMania main event between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, um, find him. Not dismissive. Find him. Yeah. Search wherever he may be in the country at the time you hear this. Find, seek him out. We can have a conversation about it. Yeah. Fly out to Knoxville. Uh, Let's let's finish this, right? Looks like it's about about that time, more or less. Um, so let's 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 conclude this thing with some some wisdom, not just any any wisdom. Some you, wisdom. You can you could go to a library today. You know, even even if you're you know uh, 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 hard up for f- financial things, you could probably find some money in your pocket to buy some great hardmark merchandise uh, available through our link tree. Uh, you can also buy us a coffee too. But the, those notwithstanding, 
You could, you, for no money whatsoever, you could go to your local library and get some wisdom, but it's not going to be any wisdom. You know, it's going to be from uh, Sun Tzu or from uh, 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 Aristotle. Great minds in their own right, but they're not quite on the, on the level that you're going to find here on the Hardmark Podcast. And that's because only on the Hardmark Podcast are you going to find everyone's favorite segment, the one that they say is much better than Ryan's Corner. None other than... Eric's wisdom tree. <laughs> so that was not not good. What do you mean? That I, I oh did it did it? I have my headphones on all the way. What the hell? <laughs> I thought you really. Why up. do you not well, put you, your headphones you on, Ryan? Over two or three times. And then, yeah. And then I couldn't hear it, so I thought you really like butchered it that time. No. But I didn't have my headphones on. Why did you not? Why are you not wearing your headphones? Like, have, that's how I, you know if people can hear you. I have them halfway on, halfway off. You're, oh, your mouth is so far away from the microphone. It, it a fist. A fist, it's, Ryan. It's been right here the entire Joe time. Joe Rogan says a fist. <laughs> it's been, it's been, See what happens when I do this? See how you can't hear me as well? See how now you can hear me much had, better? Have you had any problems hearing me this time, this whole time? I don't know, because he keeps doing this with his microphone <laughs> okay. the whole time. This is me jiggling it. Jesus. <laughs> Can I give people wisdom without you interrupting? Are you going to share on this wisdom like you always do? I, I, I feel like legitimately 75% of the wisdom that I give, you shit on. But 25%, I am... There's like two that you've been like, that's pretty good, Eric. That's pretty good. The rest of the time, just like, that's fucking stupid. I'm just trying to counter. All right? <laughs> that's not the purpose of this segment. This segment is to enrich people's lives. I'm going to give you a piece of wisdom. And this piece of wisdom is something you can actually... Use as an icebreaker. You know, mm-hmm. you may be going to somewhere else in the country, somewhere else in the world, Ryan. You're going to need to make new friends, right? Are you asking? Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it's I, a mean hypoth- <laughs> I know that you are. It's a rhetorical question. Of course, I'll be tons of friends. Yeah. So you know what makes friends, Ryan? You know, you know what really ingratiates people to people? Humor, comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people love comedy. So you. <laughs> so let me. Can I tell you my favorite joke? Yeah. Of all time. This is my absolute favorite joke. And then, you know, if you end up going to Tucson or you end up going to Rochester or you end up going to fucking uh, uh, Chino, you can you can tell this story to people, this joke, and uh, it'll get big laughs. It takes a little bit of time, though, Ryan. Is it something that you have to deliver effectively? Or can you just spew it out there? I mean... I, I mean, there there's some there's some room for creativity. Mm. You can you can put your own spin on it. Okay, it doesn't have to be the same every time. Right. Okay. So you ready? I am ready. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me let me hit you with it. Okay. So this is I'm just gonna call this. I don't know. If this is the official title of it. This is called the Vietnam Veteran. It's the name of this joke. The Vietnam Veteran. So <clears throat> there's a gentleman, a man. He uh, this was a few years ago. This didn't happen in 2021. It's pre-pandemic. If you can remember that, everybody, it's been a while. Uh, but this gentleman, he went, uh, he, he participated in the Vietnam War, but he had a family back home. He had a wife, three kids. They're all pretty young. Um, Jeremy, Jessica, Jerome. They, they kept with the J thing. Three Js. Yeah, yeah three Js. Yeah. Some, some families do that. I think it's silly, but, you know, some families do that. But um, so he goes out to Vietnam and unfortunately, as, because this is a wartime scenario, like people, like things happen in war. Like this is not, this is not ballet, everybody. So he unfortunately loses both of his arms in the conflict and he's, he's honorably discharged. They send him back home. 
and uh, you know he's he's at home for a little while. He's sort of convalescing. He's gathering his bearings with now an armless man, still all of his under other appendages. He's got his legs and feet, his nose, his mouth, his eyeballs, etc. Everything else is intact, but no no arms or hands or fingers. But uh, you know he's just kind of fallen into a state of depression. Ryan, he's not doing so well as you can imagine, as you would be with no arms. And he, uh, eventually the depression gets so bad where his wife just says, I need, I'm, I'm moving out. I'm taking the kids. I'm going back to my mother's house. I need to, I need to leave. This is just, this is too toxic of an environment for me. I need, I need to remove myself and, you know, maybe we can kind of reevaluate things sometime in the future. And so he's, he's devastated. He's heartbroken, but you know, what, 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 what can he do? He's, he's, he's broken, not only physically, but mentally, Ryan. He's a shattered, shattered form of his former self. So, you know, she leaves a few weeks go by, you know, he's, he's just, he's subsiding on crackers, top ramen, not a whole lot, just, you know, the basics, the essentials living in this house, but the house, it just seems empty without his family there. So eventually he decides I need to get out of this house. I need to find a purpose in life. I need to figure out what it is that I'm meant to be doing with myself. Like I refuse to believe that this is all just happenstance that I lost my arms for no reason. There's got to be some sort of purpose behind all this. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to find it. So he leaves his house days upon days upon days. He's just walking. He's looking for his purpose. He's just, he's convinced that eventually his purpose will, you know, find him. He is, it'll be obvious what it is that he needs to do with the rest of his life. And one day after weeks of just journeying endlessly, he stops, park bench, sits down, looks up, and he sees this beautiful church, a church unlike one he's ever seen before in his entire life. Why are you shaking your head, Ryan? Not gonna, gonna keep... <laughs> Do you have any thoughts so far? Do you have know, any questions about this man? No, I've, I'm beautiful soaking family. up every aspect okay. of the story. I want to okay. make sure I... This is important. Yeah, right. If you go to Rochester, this is going to kill. Ro- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you right uh, now, yeah. the people in, in Cincinnati are going to fucking love it. I hope I'm in Cincinnati. So. I hope you are too. I will visit you in Cincinnati. Yeah. We will do a, a Cincinnati podcast. Yeah. Um, but he sees this church, right? Beautiful church, uh, stained glass windows, uh, uh, you know, giant, giant, not like a mega church like, like it was around today. We're talking like an old school, like cathedral style church. And, and, and the most important feature, probably the one that grabs his eye the most, this bell tower. You don't see a whole lot of bell towers today, but he saw it at this church. So he wanders inside and uh, he he walks around and uh, he sees the pastor, the uh, member of the clergy that happens to be working at this at this church. And he says, uh, "Father, I would I would love it if I could if if I could be your your church bell ringer. I've been searching for my purpose for the fa- past several weeks. As you can see, I lost my arms. I lost them in the Vietnam War." And all I've been wanting is is to find a purpose in life. And I think I found it. I was sitting on that park bench outside and I saw your bell tower and I and it just struck me. It was like God speaking to me directly. And I, I just knew that my purpose in life was to be that church bell ringer. And so the pastor, he looks at the man and he says, well, son, I wish I could help you. But unfortunately, I just don't know how in good conscience I could give the role of a church bell ringer to a man with no arms. And so the Vietnam veteran, he looks at him, he's like, please just let me prove to you that I can do this job. 
And, and, you know, if, if, if I don't, if I can't prove that to you, then I'll leave. I won't bother you anymore. But if, if I can prove it to you, please just, you know, agree to, to hire me on. And the pastor says, okay, well, I'll give you, give you the opportunity. It's a, it's the Christian thing to do. So they walk up the, the bell tower, they get to the, to the room with the bell. And so the pastor says, well, God be with you, son. I wish you nothing but good faith. And so the Vietnam veteran, he looks at the bell, looks at it for a good, gosh, 45, 60 seconds looks back at the pastor and looks at this bell, backs up to the very edge of the room. So his back is literally touching the wall, stares at this bell. So it's like Michael Jordan, the flu game, right? He's just focused, runs as fast as he can, jumps, hits the bell, and the bell starts ringing. And the pastor's like, wow, that's, that's truly impressive. Unfortunately, we don't do the hiring at this church. You're going to have to go to our sister church. It's just, you know, 20, 30 miles down the road. If you can agree, if they'll, if they'll agree to hire you on that church, then, you know, we can bring you on as the church bell ringer. Vietnam veterans like, okay, well, thank you for your time, Father. So he leaves, you know, over the course of the next day or so, he's kind of meandering there. He's staying at different hostels, um, you know, halfway houses, et cetera. He's, he's you know, making, making ends meet however he can. Uh, but eventually, he finds his way to this next church. And, oh, my God, it's even bigger, Ryan. <laughs> it's even bigger. <laughs> it's twice as big. Twice as many stained glass windows. <laughs> this, church, this church is beautiful, Ryan. It would bring a tear to your eye if you saw this church. And you know what the most important feature of this church was? Bell Tower right there attached to the church. Like, what are the odds? Bell Tower attached to this church too? That's incredible. Walks inside. Takes him a while. He's looking around. He's like, Father, Pastor, member of the clergy. And eventually he finds the guy, right? He says, Father, I talked to your sister church 20 or 30 miles down the road, you know, sister of Mary Joseph uh, church down the road. They said, if I could convince you to um, become the church bell ringer. Like, if you would agree to that, then, uh, you know, I could, I could be hired on to find my purpose in life. Because that's what I've been looking for this whole time. Because I lost my arms in the Vietnam War. My my wife and my children, you know, they're gone. I don't have any purpose. I just, I need something to live for. And I think becoming the church bell ringer would do that. So so please just let me prove to you uh, that I can do it. And so the pastor is like, God. I, I, I wish I could. Uh, like, there's nothing. The Christian thing f- for me to do would be to hire you on and, and help raise you up and give you that purpose in life. Unfortunately, I just, it's hard. I can't see myself hiring someone with no arms, as unfortunate as that is, to be the church bell ringer. And so the Vietnam veteran, he says, just please, please just let me prove to you. And then if, and if I can't, I'll leave. I'll, I'll leave. I won't bother you anymore. Pastor says, "Okay, well, let's, let's let's go up, and you can show me what show me what you can do." So the uh, they walk up five flights of stairs. This is quite a jaunt. This is a hike. Go up the stairs, end of the bell tower. Oh my, a gigantic bell! Never seen a bigger bell in your entire life. And uh, pastor looks at the Vietnam veteran. He says, "Son, God be with you. I, I bless you." And he kind of gives him. Between you and me, I think he gave him the last rites, but he, he, you know, blessed him. The Vietnam veteran, he, he's staring at that bell. Three, four, five minutes, silent. You hear a pin drop in that bell tower room. 
looks at the pastor, looks back at the bell, backs up to the end of the room, runs, leaps as high in the air as he possibly can. I'm talking Michael Jordan circa 1988. <laughs> His head hits the bell and the bell starts ringing. Again, fucking miracle. The pastor looks at this guy, this Vietnam veteran, he says, oh, that is the most impressive thing I've ever, I think that you truly are blessed by God. This is amazing. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we don't do the hiring at this church, but, mm. but, 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 if you go to the next church, it's, it's, it's a little, little ways away, 50 miles. Yeah. But if you go to this last church and you can convince them to hire you on, they will, they will give you that position. And then the Vietnam veteran says, well, okay, 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 hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I, as much as I want to take you at your word, the last church said the exact same thing to me. So do you promise that if I can convince this last church that to hire me on as the church bell ringer, that like it will actually happen? And the pastor says, yes, I give you my word as a man of the cloth. This will happen, but we just don't do the hiring. We are, you know, a, a sister church of this other church. They make all the decisions. They're kind of the head cardinal, head pastor of, of this whole region. So please just, if you convince them, we, we would be more than happy to take you on as a church bell ringer. So the Vietnam veteran says, okay, thank you for your time. And he leaves. <sighs> Another week. Two weeks, probably. Two weeks. 50 miles. 50 miles. And he's, he's got no arms. He's all legs and all heart. <laughs> but he's just he's going there he meet, he meets a couple of people yeah a dog starts following him for a little while but uh -huh. the dog isn't following him to at the end though it's just like a brief sort of meetup uh it's hard to feed the dog so the dog eventually wanders off but like you know he meets people right. that's not relevant to the story though it's so not, we're gonna cut that out we're gonna okay uh, so the, none of those parts are like the dog and the other people that yeah. he meet. Like we're going to leave that okay. out so we can get to the really the important stuff in the story, which is when he gets to that last church. The last, yeah. Were you going to say something? No, no. The okay, last. okay. So he finds the church. Uh -huh. Holy shit, Ryan! Yeah, this church would blow your balls out. Right. The single biggest church in the world, seemingly the world. that he had ever seen. Uh -huh. You know, he's never been to every church. Like I'm sure, like Notre Dame is probably bigger, but this is a gigantic church. Like, seemingly the entire side of the church is all stained glass, which, I mean, costs probably an arm and a leg. You know what I mean? So, um, and in, most importantly, huge bell tower, gigantic, three stories tall of a bell tower, mm -hmm. like just overlooking the entire cityscape. So he walks in, uh, eventually after calling out for like a half an hour, enough time to watch like an episode of Two and a Half Men, he finally finds the pastor. It's like, Pastor, I've been to two of your sister churches. They told me that if I could convince you to become the church bell ringer, that you could hire me on. And he's like, well, that's true, son. We do make all the hiring decisions for all the nearby churches. And so the Vietnam veteran says, okay, well, you know, please, please hire me on. That's all I'm asking. I've been looking for my purpose in life. I lost both of my arms in the Vietnam War. I have no family. Uh, my home, I'm sure it's been lost by now. I've been out here wandering for seemingly months at this point. Please just hire me on so I can find my purpose in life. And the pastor says, well, I, I wish I could help you. It seems like it would be the Christian thing to do. I just, I can't, I can't hire on a man with no arms to become a church bell ringer. It just wouldn't, it doesn't feel right. And so the Vietnam veteran was like, well, please, if, if I can show you that I can do this job, will you, will you hire me on? 
And the, and the pastor says, well, you know what? If you can prove it to me that you can do the job, then I, I promise you, we will hire you on at our churches. And the Vietnam veteran says, okay, great. Thank you. That's all I'm asking for. So they walk 10 stories up. This is like a super church. This is like a skyscraper of a church. This is like the biggest church you've ever seen. So they go up, puts the other bell to shame. This is literally twice the size of the previous bell, which was already the biggest bell I'd ever seen in his entire life. Enormous bell. And so the, he looks at the pastor and the pastor says, well, God be with you, son. Gives him his last rites. Blesses him. Mm-hmm. It's like, may God be with you. I'll be, I'll be praying for you. Vietnam veteran walks to the back of the room. His back touches the wall. Oddly enough, he starts circling around the room, gathering speed. It's kind of a slow trot to start with. Then he makes his way to a jog. Then he's sprinting. This guy's like Usain Bolt in his prime, like 2012 era Usain Bolt. It's crazy. A man with no arms, you wouldn't think he'd be able to generate that much speed, but he did. So he's going in a circle, just faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. Eventually, when he's at top speed, maximum velocity, he darts to his left, leaps as high as he can, misses the bell, falls out of one of the stained glass windows, falls all 10 stories, and dies immediately on impact upon hitting the ground. The pastor runs down. By the time he makes it down, EMTs are there, various parents from the neighborhood, children, they've all gathered around. They're all trying to you know, gather information about this man, figure out what happened, etc. Eventually, one of the EMTs approaches the pastor, and he's like, Pastor, um, did this, this man, did he give you any information where he came from? You know, his name, anything like that? And the pastor, he looks at the EMT and he says, no, I didn't get his name, but his face sure does ring a bell. And that's Eric's wisdom tree. If you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. Take it sleazy, everybody. That's how you're going to make friends in Rochester, Ryan. <laughs> Maybe I'd go with the, the larger penis. 